Hello everyone, happy Monday and welcome back to another episode of the Hookah Girls podcast. It's just Emma today, but I am joined with a really, really awesome guest named Maggie Rivas. She is a recent graduate from the University of Michigan, as in recent graduate, as in like literally graduated on Saturday if you are listening to this the week that it's posted, Um, but she's awesome. She is really educated and feels really strongly about women empowerment, um, social media, mental health, and everything in between. This was so great talking to her. I think you guys are really going to like this episode, especially in this day and age. These are really important conversations to have for women and for all users. So hope you guys enjoy. Let's get into the episode. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm so good. I'm really excited to have you on the podcast today. Um, can we just start off with telling everyone who's listening just a little bit about you? I know you just graduated from college, which is yes. crazy, but yeah, just a little about who you are. For sure. So I just graduated from the University of Michigan. I'm born and raised in Chicago and super excited about Chicago. I can't say enough good things about it. Um, and so I'm really excited to move back there. In my future, I'm hoping to eventually move to LA, um, maybe become a talent agent. But in the meantime, I'm going to be doing some personal assistant stuff, uh, potentially working on set with a CBS show. Um, so a lot of exciting stuff in store for the future. No, that sounds so exciting. I, I guess you can't really give us inside scoop on CBS show, but... Um, I closest- actually can't, yeah. But I wish I yeah. could. Maybe next time. The closest I've ever gotten to anything television-wise is, you know Outer Banks? Have you yes, heard I Outer love Banks Outer Banks. So that's filmed like an hour and a half away from me because I'm in South Carolina and they film it in Charleston. Um, and I actually applied to like be an extra on the show. I got it for season two. I like got my position. Like I was going to be some pogue, like high schooler or whatever. And then I got COVID and I couldn't do it. And it was so oh sad. Oh my God, that's the worst. But that's the closest I've gotten to TV. And then COVID was like, no... Not today. So um, hopefully your your shit works out because mine didn't. Um, that would be super awesome. Um, how are you feeling just about graduating? I have mixed feelings. There's part of me that's super excited to get back to my hometown, see my home friends, see my dog, my parents. Um, but I also really don't want to start work. I'm a little yeah. nervous about that just because it's going to be totally different from like doing an internship in college. It's real life, real adult life. So we'll see how it goes. No, that's very true. But with real jobs also comes real money. So that's a little bit of a plus too. But yes, um, that is a definite plus. No, I just think about college. I'm like, you do so much work and you are losing money. But then in jobs, like you do so much work, but you're actually getting paid for it. So I guess that that'll be a little bit comforting. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to see. I know I like follow you on social media and everything. I'm excited to see um, where you end up with everything as you, you know start the new chapter. Um, I wanted to go into a little bit just because I do know you from social media. Me and Maggie are both part of this like influencer community um, called Twenty Eight Row Girls. I don't know if you guys have like heard of it, um, but they basically have um, college influencers. I, everyone has to be in college, right? I, I think, think it's so. only college A's. Yeah, so you apply when you're in college. I just got involved with it this past 
um, semester, but it's really cool because they kind of connect you with other brands to do campaigns for them, whether that's just like gifted campaigns or some of them are paid. Like I know I've done one paid one, I think at this point. Um, so I wanted to talk a little bit just about that because I know we're both involved. Um, but Maggie, in terms of you, like what do you kind of define as your major social media platform? What do you focus most on? Is it Instagram? Is it TikTok? I definitely focus the most on Instagram. I feel like I've been passionate about Instagram for years and only kind of gotten more Mm -hmm. so passionate about it in the past year or two, especially since joining 28 Row. Um, There's so many girls that are like really elevated with their fashion, really elevated with their videography or photography. Um, And it's definitely really inspiring to see. And I also love that it's such a diverse group of girls. Like there's really people of all races from all around the country with all different styles uh so it's really great to see that an influencer isn't like a one fits all yeah no i i love that and i definitely agree like i've been so inspired by other people's instagrams to like make mine better just because before like i didn't have a super you know i didn't have a super structured feed to where like i have a theme going on or i'm you know taking time out of my day to go take instagram pictures but there's so many opportunities that are within social media nowadays and i've just seen how much success like some girls on this platform have had by having just like a really put together feed and a really cute like online presence and it, it is inspiring and i even saw just talking about the diversity part of it i saw a girl in the chat from australia and i don't know I don't even think she's, like, studying abroad. Like, she just is from Australia, and I thought that was really cool that they, like... Because I thought it was kind of, like, a U.S. thing. Yeah, I totally thought it was a U.S. thing, too. too. That's awesome. I love to hear that. No, she did her little intro. Like, usually when you join, you get, like, put in this big group, and you'll do a little intro. Be like, hi, guys. You know, I'm Emma. I'm from so-and-so. Like, here's my Instagram. Um, But she came in. She was, like, born and raised in Sydney, Australia or something. I was like, that's so dope. I know nothing about Australia, but all of my stereotypes are, like, amazing. Everything I think about Australia, like, is super cool. Same here. It seems like an amazing place. I had a couple of friends study abroad there and the <gasps> pictures were unreal and the water is so blue. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I would love to go. I know one of my one of my guy friends, he went to Australia and then COVID happened. So he was literally there for like two weeks and he was like, it was the best two weeks of my life. Like it was so fun, but then it was sadly cut like very, very short. Um, but yeah, yeah, COVID I, was such a bummer for the abroad people. And I mean, was, everyone, a bummer for everyone. Oh my God. Yeah, no, it was, it was tough. I think we're just now, I'm double, or I say double vax. That's kind of like a, like a hip term to say it, but I have both of my vaccinations. Um, so I, I'm feeling a little more, I just feel more comfortable, like being around bigger groups of people. Like I don't feel bad or like guilty that I'm going to like spread anything because I'm obviously protected. So it's been a really good feeling. How has COVID been up in like the University of Michigan, how have you guys been dealing with it? So they're doing like contact tracing and mm. uh, weekly testing. So like we have this app called Responsa Blue, where you have to do a screening check every day just to make sure you don't have like a new cough, new chills, any kind of mm. the symptoms. Um, and every week you have to go get a COVID test just to be able to get into the campus buildings. Um, in terms of the social scene, it has affected it. But it mm-hmm. hasn't been horrible. Um, I've still had a really great time and gotten to see everyone I need to see. Good. So, you're 
not hurting too bad over here yeah that's good that's good i'm happy because it is you have to find that balance of like not being stupid but also like kind of continuing to live your life um right so i'm glad i feel like colleges like i think my campus has done a good job of like still having like safe events and doing stuff like that but have you like gotten more involved with social media because of covid like have you felt there was more time for it or like has that been connected in any way for you i'm not sure if that's been connected like yes there is totally more time on my hands and i'm definitely Mm -hmm. spending a lot more time at home so when i put it that way i definitely think i'm spending more time on social media what I've noticed myself doing with my extra time on social media, specifically Instagram, is I love to save things and I do them in color categories. So like oh, if I find like a black puffer jacket I really love or I just love the photo and it happens to have a black clothing item in it, save it to my black profile, same with green nails or whatever. Um, and that's a fun way to like stay organized and kind of create pretty boards, kind of like mini Pinterest boards on Instagram. Wait, that's, I didn't even, like, know that was a thing. Because I know where the safe feature is, but I didn't know that you could, like, I guess, categorize them. That's really cool. Yeah, I have an overwhelming amount of categories. <laughs> I'm, like, my future home, um, my want list, like, just a bunch of different... Honestly, that, yeah, it is. it does seem like a Pinterest board to some sense. But Pinterest always, like, confuses me kind of, too. So Pinterest kind of confuses me, too. Like, I'm just like, where are these images coming from? Am I on one user's page, or is this just yeah. an accumulation of images? I like how with Instagram, it's like, you know where everything's coming from. Yeah, it's, in terms of Instagram, too, like, have you found anything that has helped you, like, grow on the platform? Because I saw, what do you have, 6,000 followers? A little over? Yeah, a little over 6,000 followers. Yeah, I mean, and that's, like, definitely more than just people you know, so how have you like brought in traction from outside people to follow your page? I definitely think when I'm posting more consistently, I get more traction because people want to follow you because you're consistently giving them something to look at. Um, Mm -hmm. And maybe it's something that they like, which made them follow you in the first place. Um, So I'd say that's super key and something I'm not very good at, but something I'm working on. Um, Another thing I found actually learned this through the 28 row girls is that um, brands don't really love when you filter your pictures. They'd mm. rather you edit it with the scales um, if you do want to edit it at all. And I think that probably preserves the quality. Um, so you just have a higher res image. I'm trying to think what else has really helped me. 28 Row has definitely gotten me a lot more followers. Um, just no, I agree. instantly being added to a community of girls that also want to grow their platform and also learn from others, um, it's definitely a great way. No, it's been really good, and, like, I guess for anyone listening, like, if you're not involved in a sort of, like, influencer community, like, you can still make connections. I know there was some TikTok trend of, like, making hype groups for your Instagram DMs. I don't, I got put in, like, one hype group, and it was just girls, and some people will still text in it, like, they'll, like, send when they post, and be like, hey, I would love any support on this post, you know, and then, so then when you post, they kind of go to your page. And that's kind of how I feel like 28 Row is. Um, it's just people, it's like everyone's kind of there with the common goal of to like be an influencer of sorts, be able to take on, you know, kind of paid collaborations um, and make money from doing influencing. And it's a weird thing because I feel like even five or 10 years ago, like this was not a thing at all. Um, and now people are like making 
bank off of Instagram and it's and it's crazy and I feel like it's something even our parents generation like doesn't even understand but it's so real it's so real I have a friend from high school that totally blew up on Instagram after high school and like it was so funny because I remember her mom saying to my mom oh my daughter wants to be an Instagram influencer what do I do Because it was kind of this scary thing. You're like, can I really make money at this? Is this a viable career option? Are people going to take me seriously? And the thing, the answer is yes. It's a viable career option. People will, I mean, there's some people that will obviously doubt you um, or think it's silly. But, like, by all means, get that back, right? (laughs) No, I I feel the same way. Like, sometimes when I, especially after joining 28 Row, I really wanted to, enhance my feed and like kind of try harder quote you know like put more effort into my social media not that I wasn't doing it before but kind of get like a theme going and you know be more active and I was kind of worried about like oh are people gonna like think this is weird or are they gonna be like oh there's Emma again like another Instagram picture but I do think most people at least in my opinion like especially in our generation do see it as such a viable option for like I mean for me I make like a little bit of money like I'm not at the point where I'm making an income from it but it's so cool to like have the opportunity to like make money from doing social media stuff like high school Emma would have been so excited to do that so um I kind of wanted to go into and since we're talking about social media kind of how females are viewed on social media and just their role um I know you have interests or you feel really strongly just about women empowerment how do you feel that women empowerment plays into social media so I think there's definitely a way to empower yourself as a woman on social media I think there's a wrong way to do it too Mm -hmm. um something I wanted to touch on was like the hyper sexualization um of women it's been going on on Instagram and other platforms for a while But something that I've noticed in the past, like, year or two is, like, these influencers either posing themselves to be younger than they are, like, Mm -hmm. maybe posing with teddy bears or um, just kind of, or, like, having, like, a, like, I know Madison Beer did a sexy baby Halloween costume. And, like, another person I thought was interesting was, like, Nessa Barrett, like, getting, like, lip fillers and tattoos before 18. And, like... Yeah. By all means, I'm all for, like, tattooing yourself if that's what makes you happy, getting lip fillers or a nose job if that's what makes you happy. Um, but I also just want to criticize the culture that Instagram and TikTok is creating. Like, why is it good to be sexualized in a younger way? Like, why is this being perpetuated? And I think TikTok kind of perpetuates that yeah. um, idea. And then... Also, in the case of, like, Nessa Barrett, I think she had to grow up so fast because I think she started when she was, like, 15 on TikTok um, and I, got, I think got a lot of hate. So I think that probably caused her to grow up pretty fast. But so it's, like, not the fault of these influencers, but I just think we need to, like, criticize the platforms um, just to see what kind of ideas they're perpetuating. No, but I, I agree. And no, go ahead. You go no, ahead. you're right. Um, I definitely think, though, like, you can pose naked for all you care, like, for all you want, and still be empowering yourself. I don't think it's about, like, how much clothes you're wearing. Um, I just think about 
if it's making you happy, if you feel comfortable, if you feel confident, that's what you should be doing. And that's what I think sometimes gets lost. Because sometimes on Instagram, you see people really doing their things, really living their best life. And other times you're wondering if it's more of an act of performativity um, and they don't, they're not really being true to themselves and are more trying to please other people. So I think it's a fine line. There is, no, and that's exactly what I was going to say when I kind of jutted in uh, just then, just about how it's kind of sad that young influencers, I mean, how old are, are you, 21, 22? I'm 21. Okay, I'm 21 this month, exciting, um, but so I, I mean, I'm, we're like the same age, and I even feel like I'm sometimes too old for TikTok, which kind Me of too. makes it weird that like, if I'm too old, that means the average age is probably what, like upper teens like maybe 15 through 17 like I know Charlie who's you know like the biggest TikTok star she just turned 17 yesterday I mean that's full like four full years younger than me so it's like all of these these messages of like doing these like sexy dances and doing um you know kind of that hypersexualization that you're talking about I feel like it's being pushed to such a young or such a young audience um that even sometimes I feel uncomfortable as like a 20 year old being on social media but I feel like I guess our generation not that we're in different generations but you know our kind of wave of um people now that are now you know the young 20s grew up before that was pressed on us so much like we're now just experiencing that but now, you know, people that are 15 are experiencing the same things that we're experiencing when we're 20. And that really is a huge maturity difference from 15 to 20. Um, and I think that just like young girls or girls of any age just really need to like, I guess, have people to keep them accountable, like on their social media. So they are not getting themselves in just a very vulnerable place because I feel like that's so easy to do now. Yeah, I can't imagine having TikTok around if I was 15 years old right now. I really can't. Because I've come such a long way, even with Instagram too. Like, sometimes it's hard to scroll. Like, sometimes... It is, Like, what if you hate your legs and you see someone with amazing, like, cross-country legs on your Instagram and sometimes it might make you bummed out. I'm victim to that too. And, like, I just think it's important to... One, not shy away from content that makes you uncomfortable because I think you're setting yourself up to live a very sensitive life if you, like, block or mute or unfollow anyone that makes you, like, get out of your comfort zone. Um, Like, for example, if someone's slaying their makeup or killing it at the gym and it's bothering you, maybe look into, like, why it's bothering you instead of, like, um, immediately directing that, like, negative energy towards that person. But at the same time, if someone's spewing hate on Instagram, by all means, protect yourself from that hate, unfollow, block, mute that person. Um, But I guess going back to the like, I think Instagram and TikTok, in a way, it's like giving us a thicker skin. But is it pushing us too far? I think is a good question. It is. It's like kind of sad that it's giving us a thicker skin because I feel like you every every girl goes through the process of like okay oh I see something that 
you know, makes me insecure. And then you have this period of feeling bad about yourself. And then, like, maybe you eventually get through it. But you've had to, like, go through that emotional... I don't want to call it emotional trauma, but it kind of is, like, that emotional experience of, like, feeling bad about yourself or feeling, like, you're worse in comparison to someone else. And it's it's just a tough spot to be in. And I, I do agree. Like, I cannot imagine having TikTok, like, at any of a younger age. Like... Even before college, just because, I mean, I have 12-year-old, like, girl cousins who are on TikTok, and, like, the stuff they are seeing, they should just, like, not be seeing, Um, and that's, like, not their fault. Again, it's just kind of the community that's being created is really, it's just so vulnerable for these, like, young kids, Yeah. Um, and especially growing up with women, like, we just have so many... I feel like stereotypes that are pushed onto us about like what we should do, what we should look like. And it's just like perpetuating the idea more from such a young age. Like you know, 12 year old girls, like one of my cousins, for example, and I don't think she listens to this, so I won't say her name or anything, but I don't think my, you know, 12 year old cousins listening to this, but I mean, she, she'll put stuff on her Instagram story of these like sad songs. It's like, I wish it, I was good enough, you know, all these things. And I'm like, girl you're 12 like and maybe I felt like that when I was 12 but I don't think I did like and we didn't have the social media outlet to share that feeling with the world yeah it's it's really crazy it just worries me for their generation because like one they're way more involved I mean it's good because I guess they're connected to the world in a different way than we were but at the same time like my 12 year old cousin shouldn't be feeling inadequate because she's on social media and seeing these girls that are I don't know it's just it's a really really tough spot because social media is so big that you can't ignore that it's there but um it's just hard to find that balance especially when you're young and impressionable yeah and TikTok's so weird because it's suppressing the wrong things yeah I Um, do agree with that like you could see huge influencers on there in a bikini and it doesn't get taken down which is fine I don't think it should be taken down but for example, I posted a video in a bikini today and it's under review. No one can see yeah. it on my profile. Um, but like these songs, if, I'm I'm assuming what your cousins are singing along to on TikTok might be inappropriate songs or something or inappropriate sounds. And it's like they're not suppressing that from young kids, but they think a bikini video will damage them more. Um, when I personally think the more damaging is maybe the inappropriate sounds, music, um, and another thing is the TikTok is actually admitted to suppressing some of the LGBTQ communities videos. Really? Yeah. Um, one man spoke up. He was, I believe, kissing his boyfriend. And it was also like a very, he made a point to say it was like a kind of non-sexually explicit kiss. It was like a, yeah. I think a New Year's Eve kiss. Oh yeah. Um, cute. Yeah. And it got taken down. And I think he had somewhat of a platform, so he was like, I have to speak up about this. This is wrong. Um, And I think maybe TikTok reinstated the video, but still, it's they're blocking the wrong things, you know? No, I I completely agree. It's, yeah, I actually hadn't heard anything about that situation, but there is definitely things that are out there that shouldn't be out there then probably the things that are getting blocked like I've had bikini bikini videos like either not post at all or get taken down just because of like the it gets flagged for nudity or something I'm like I should be able to like feel confident in my body like 
you know, other influencers, because people post, I see bikini videos all the time, but it's always people with, like, hella followers whose videos I see, and I, like, I understand, kind of, like, maybe it's getting flagged just because of, like, how it comes across in their, their system, and they, like, see a lot of skin, who knows, but, like, that is something that, like, women should be able to be confident. I saw something, too, about a girl who was plus size, her videos and bikinis always got took down. I where, think I like, might follow this girl that you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. And then her, you know, obviously the comparables of people doing the same thing, but they're more of like an average weight. Um, they were, you know, living their lives posting 20 bikini videos a day. So it is that like, what are you? And I think that can play into insecurity too. It's like just constantly seeing like only the best of the best or like what, like society tells you like should be the norm and they're they're censoring things like lgbtq content or you know plus size content that would make people feel way more accepted on the platform so i'm glad that i feel like there's enough people now that are very attentive to those kind of issues and that can call them out like we're i mean we're sitting here talking about it now and i think that's a like a very healthy conversation to have because obviously it's gotten to a point where like we know that that's not okay and hopefully you know these social media platforms will take note of how people feel and change for the better totally i hope so too it's something that we can definitely help to promote by talking about it getting the word out because I feel like a lot of people don't even know I don't even think I knew till today about the about TikTok suppressing LGBTQ videos really really. so it's definitely something people need to know about I'm pansexual so it definitely it hits home yeah oh my gosh that's no that's crazy um people just I don't know it just doesn't make sense to me like it's hard to like fathom like who behind like those companies would think that that was like okay and I guess that's just like really like negative stereotypes being drilled into someone's head but I don't know I'm glad that like we can have open conversations about it um and hopefully hopefully that doesn't happen because I honestly do see a lot of like LGBTQ creators like, and maybe it's just because I follow a lot of LGBTQ creators like they're some of my favorite creators are like gay or lesbian I just think they're like so funny um and I obviously there see their content a lot, but I think there definitely is, you know, for like people that don't have as much of a following, like is their content, and I think that's where the problem comes in, is their content doesn't get pushed out as much unless they have a following because of, I guess, people being sensitive to things they shouldn't be sensitive to. Yeah, it's also um, I feel like similar to like the alg- algorithm of Spotify. It's like what people are playing a lot, they'll keep feeding out to people true um and i feel like it keeps the big creators up and like the smaller creators down a little bit but maybe i'm biased (laughs) yeah maybe i'm biased as a small creator (laughs) no but it's it is fair i mean i have like i literally have two hundred sixty thousand followers on tiktok which is like a big amount and some of my videos will just get like 500 views i'm like why and then some will get, like, 30,000. It's just so weird. I think my TikTok account has also just, like, it, like, had traction, and then the traction's kind of died, so I get that. But I'm, like, there's a feature to where you can see how many people, how many of your followers are, like, active on um, social media. 
or on TikTok. So I'll go on my like live stream and it'll tell you how many followers are active and it'll be like 40k. So that's a significant amount of people and a significant portion of my followers that'll be active. Then I go and post a video and it gets like 500 views. I'm like, why aren't you showing to my my content to the people that are like following It's just so weird. I don't understand at all like how things are like what gets pushed out and what doesn't. Um, and as someone who, like, has, quote, followers, like, I feel like my stuff, and that's what I'm saying, like, I'll have a bikini video get taken down or something, and I'm just, like, it's just so, it's so confusing, but I just, it, it can create so many problems with censorship of, like, minority communities or, you know, just in any community that isn't having a voice as much as they should. Yeah, it is really confusing. I totally feel you on that traction thing like I don't have nearly as many followers on TikTok (laughs) as you do but um it's so weird how one video will get 300 views and another will get 4,000 like they just and like similar videos too (laughs) like it's it's confusing but once we we crack the code we'll make sure to share it with all our girls (laughs) (laughs) I know be like hey girls announcement this is how you get 100,000 views every single time if only it was that easy. But just just wrapping up with, like, I guess this topic before we shift to the other one. Like, how do you feel women specifically can support each other online? Just because, you know, we've been chatting just about how there are so many kind of toxic parts to it. Um, it I just feel like so many things come across superficial. Do you have any, um, I guess, advice for how women can be supportive of each other? Yes. So... I personally try to comment on Instagram like I ha- I would in real life. Mm-hmm. So if I really love someone's jacket, why wouldn't I tell them, right? True. But, and being a part of 28 Row Girls, I feel like has helped me. Um, you'd think it would make you more superficial, but I think it's actually helped me be better about giving genuine and true compliments. Because... If something's not speaking to me in a photo, it doesn't mean I don't like it. But I might not comment on it because it's not, nothing's in my mind pressing that I need to say. Mm-hmm. Um, so I try to be really authentic. Like, I'm going to, and it's not that someone doesn't look good or I don't like their outfit if I don't comment. Um, I'm just trying to be as authentic as possible. If my instinct says comment on that, I go for it. If it doesn't, I don't. Um, and also... I think another way to make sure you're staying true to yourself on social media, sometimes I respond to every single comment on my photo and other mm-hmm. times I just like them all because I can't, I can't bring myself. It was already draining enough picking the photos to post and I just got to say thank you with a like. <laughs> um, so I think just not overextending yourself. Like it seems silly to think you could overextend yourself on Instagram and TikTok, but you really can. Mm-hmm. Um, especially like, not getting something that really works for me is like not getting on Instagram first thing in the morning. Yeah. Because like first thing in the morning, you're not feeling your cutest self. You still got to brush your teeth. You still got to eat breakfast. You still got to brush your hair. Mm -hmm. Like I think letting, giving yourself the chance to put yourself in a position where you're like feeling, I'm not saying you have to feel your absolute most confident. Your hair doesn't need to be done. Your makeup doesn't need to be done. You don't have to have a cute outfit on to go on social media, but if you just feel a little more human, 
while you're doing it. I think you'll have a better yeah. outcome. No, I agree. And I, I've i been trying to be better about that, too, because looking at Instagram first thing in the morning just opens up a window to start your day off in a bad way if those, like, negative thoughts kind of do creep in. And maybe, like, you, maybe if you open Instagram, it'd be something, like, really cute and funny and it would be fine. But it definitely is, like, the first thing in the morning if you see, like, 10, like, amazing pictures while you're just, like, laying in bed, like, kind of feeling, like, you know, not your best. I I, I think that's very healthy to just kind of get your day going and then be able to, once you're, you know, being productive and everything, check it out, see what's going on. Um, but I do think that 28 Row has done a good job. I was kind of afraid that it was superficial, too, um, at first, just because literally, literally we have, like, are you in the engagement chat? Yes. Yeah. So we literally have a chat that's all you do is like send your Instagram pictures when you post them or, you know, maybe a TikTok video every now and then a YouTube video every now and then. But like I posted a picture today and I sent it in the chat. And so basically girls who see it that it appeals to, they'll, you know, it go, instead of just like maybe they won't come across it on their feed or maybe they don't follow me, they could see it in the engagement chat and then they go to my page and they can like it and comment on it and interact with it. So at first, I mean, part of me is like, this is great. Like we can, you know, hype each other up. Like I'll get more comments. They'll get more comments. I do feel like the engagement chat is pretty genuine. And at first I thought it wasn't going to be just because it was a stream of girls just asking for likes and comments. But I'm kind of the same way. Like if something appeals to me, like I would I'm more than happy to tell someone, like, oh my god, you look so good in this, or oh my gosh, I love your outfit, so um, I think it's honestly been a good way to build each other up in a positive way, and I guess that's what you can kind of take away, or what I kind of take away from what you're saying is, like, just genuine support is really, like, it's noticeable what's genuine and what's not, so just kind of put out what you want to get back, (laughs) because it doesn't, like, it could make someone's day or, like, make someone smile to say a nice comment, um, and then maybe next time they loop back around, they'll give you a nice comment or something. Yeah, totally. I love the community it's created, and I've even met up with some of the girls in person, done photo shoots, and gone shopping, um, so it's been really great. I, I do feel like I'm genuinely friends with the girls. I like following Mm -hmm. their lives, um, and everyone's doing really cool things, whether it be with work or school, with you and your friend, with your podcast. Like, everyone's really on their grind. It's super cool to see. It is. It is. I, I don't know anyone who, like, goes to USC, which is my college. Like, I don't know anyone that's on the platform that goes here. Like, I always see – I look at people's locations because I kind of want to meet up with people too. And I know there's, like, North Carolina girls and, like, Virginia girls, but uh, Florida I, – I just – I feel like South Carolina is lacking. Maybe I'll try to recruit some recruit some SC girls, but I would love to meet up with everyone too um, just because it does seem very genuine. So if you are on social media, just, like, I guess you have to look out for yourself and, like, who's being authentic and – I feel like the more authenticity that you put out there, um, like, if I see someone comment something nice on my post, like, I would literally go follow them just because, like, they're being sweet and, like, they obviously are enjoying my content and most everyone has, you know, something to give with their content, too. So, I'll usually go follow them and, like, like some of their pictures, too. Just 
what goes around comes around, you know. Um, totally. And just as, like, a final topic, um, I just wanted to, I know you also have some experience with just dealing with, like, mental health advocacy um, and talk a little bit about how you feel like social media impacts mental health and what your involvement with, like, mental health advocacy has been in your life. Okay, so I guess an important place to start with my mental health advocacy is to say that I'm bipolar. Um, mm-hmm. I found this out my sophomore year of college, and it was really hard for me because I'd never experienced anything like it in my whole life, um, and it was super foreign to me. Um, but I personally have found social media to be a really good outlet for mental health because even though I haven't been super open about my journey with bipolar on social media, there's plenty of people that really are. Um, there's mm-hmm. a lot of bipolar creators on TikTok um, and a lot of people talking about, even when it's not bipolar, people speak out in their captions or their stories about depression and getting help, like getting free therapy or um, figuring out insurance so you can get even better therapy. Um, there's so many resources and so many people trying to help people on social media that I've found it to be really amazing. Um, I've also been lucky that my school's been a pretty good place for mental health advocacy. Um, my friends are big mental health advocates. Um, one girl at Michigan even has a brand um, that makes sweatshirts that specifically the proceeds are donated um, to like mental health research. Wait, that's so so cool. it's super cool and I would never have known about that because it's not like the girl and I are close friends or anything yeah but I found out about it from social media um yeah so it's really great um to know that there's other people out there like you because I know when I first found out that I was bipolar I was the only person I knew um and sometimes I feel like Instagram's like my second little family and you can really lean on people um And obviously you can lean on your close friends and family too, but sometimes it's nice to talk to a complete stranger about what you're struggling with. No, I love that. I, I feel like a lot of people, I guess a lot of what I was talked about is like the negative sides of social media, but I love that you've actually had a really good experience with being bipolar and social media helping you in that regard. Um, because it can be a lonely place, but, like, I feel like you've done a really good job of kind of locating, you know, creators or platforms that help you, um, like, feel, you know, understood and help you with resources, and I think that's so awesome. That's something that social media has done, like, it really has done so much for people in a lot of positive ways that aren't always discussed. Like, I had never even thought about, like, because, you know, I, I don't, you know, I'm not bipolar. I don't have any, like, diagnosed um, medical, you know, conditions. Um, but I didn't even think about how, like, people that do struggle with those conditions, like, probably feel such a sense of community because, especially TikTok, I mean, so many, like, so many random people just come across. And I think sometimes that could be a bad thing. But the fact that, like, random people can come across that, like, understand like where you're coming from or could provide help or support for you like that's honestly so great yeah there's one girl I met through Instagram that I've never met in person she's from Greece um and she struggles with her mental health in a different way than I do but we connect from time to time and check in on each other um 
just to kind of get a gauge of where the other person is at. And if someone's not doing so well, um, I feel like we're able to lean on each other um, and kind of understand each other. And it's really cool to see that it's not just something we're struggling with in the U.S. It's a worldwide issue. Um, and yeah, it's it's taken me a few years to come to this place. There's definitely a time on social media when I felt really lonely. Um, yeah. And didn't have access to those creators that were talking about depression, anxiety, bipolar. So that, I mean, that is one thing TikTok is amazing for. It's opened up a whole new world. And I think maybe a more spontaneous and candid, open world. Hopefully open. <laughs> no, I know. I agree. And I feel like it's also becoming like it. And correct me if I'm wrong. I just feel like things are becoming less stigmatized for the better as well. Like it is like I know so many LGBTQ like creators now have like platforms that and they may have not even felt comfortable with their sexuality a few years ago but now there's been a lot of like support for them um and not even like big creators just like you know people on social media in general like I feel like the stigmas around you know being in the LGBTQ plus community are kind of going down yeah um and I even mental health too like it's normalized and which is a great I'm using that as like a positive word like it's normalized to like struggle with your mental health and a lot of people find like just I you know I don't have any diagnosed problems like I was saying but I've like felt like genuinely like depressed in my time like at some points of my life like I felt anxious um like I've had periods where I like literally feel like I have anxiety or what I think it would feel like um and it does help that like even if you're just having a shitty day like you know even if you don't have necessarily like a mental health condition you're just having a bad day like that's becoming more normalized and I feel like TikTok's just a blanket that's like it's okay like me too kind of like yeah I'm also I also know how you feel or like I am also going through this thing um and I I love that I'm glad that you found a community and like some people that you can talk to that understand because social media friends like I some of my best friends literally to this day are like people that I met from social media and now we have like an in-person relationship but you really can form such great connections yeah you really can I'd say the same thing that some of my best friends are people that I met through Instagram and we were like, hey, I think you're cute. I like your style. Like, we should yeah. meet up and grab drinks or something. Um, it's been a great community. And, like, what you were saying about mental health, um, having struggling with mental health issues becoming more normalized, like, two years ago, I never would have come on social media and talked about mental health, let alone come on a podcast and talk about my own mental health. Um, yeah. And now I feel a lot more comfortable. Like, on TikTok, I even use, like, the bipolar talk hashtag. Yeah. Um, and, like, that's something I would have felt too nervous to do two years ago. So it's definitely nice to see progress. Of course, we wish we could see more. Um, yeah. But it's all in due time. Yeah, there's always, there's always room to go, of course. But I do agree. I think social media has become 
a good place in the sense that you're not feeling so alone and we've had a lot of people on our podcast that have also discussed like their problems with mental health so I really appreciate you like opening up about all of that because I know it's not the easiest thing to do but um it's so great to have people like you who can talk about these things just for the same reasons we're talking about like it's just normalizing it and you know letting people feel like you know they're not by themselves and I also feel like now I have this not that I didn't have it before but after this talk I'm feeling like more inspired just by like what social media has done um just because there there are like those negative aspects but there's also the positive aspects so um just to wrap up like is there anything just as a final message to the audience that you'd like to leave people with like your little last tidbit of wisdom or whatever you'd like yeah sure so Something my mom said to me before I came on this podcast, she kind of knew what we were going to be talking about. She said, Mm -hmm. make sure to say comparison is the thief of joy. And I really think that's so true. I don't think social media ever intended to make people compare themselves. I think that's kind of the human error and natural human nature to compare yourself. Like I remember being a little kid and being jealous of someone if they were just even older than me. I'd be jealous of them. So... I totally get it. That's innate human trait, but I really do think just working on being your best self and putting your best self forward and also taking time to rest. So knowing that every day is not going to be the best day. You're not going to be your most productive every day. You're not going to look your best every day. Just an understanding. It's so cliche, but understanding that Instagram, for example, is just a highlight reel. It is. Um, And... I also think TikTok shouldn't be taken too seriously, whether that be just going for it and posting your thirst trap or posting something really funny and embarrassing. I think there's room for everything. And I also just want people to speak up about what they're struggling with. Um, Because oftentimes when you're struggling with something internally, if you get to speak to a friend or a family member about it, you could see how badly you're talking down on yourself really getting the words out into the world into another person and that person can assure you that those things aren't true or even if they are that you shouldn't be hating on yourself for them like say you're a plus size girl like if that's the facts that's the facts and like you should own it um or if you have a disability or if you have a mental health condition just own it is my best advice No, I love that. That's so powerful. And it is like a lot of times you want to like something just can't be changed, I guess is the point that I'm getting at. And it it is so important to accept yourself. I mean, it just starts with like how you look like you're really just not going to change that. Like maybe you can work out, maybe you can go get a spray tan, who knows? Like you can do things to kind of change your appearance, but like you just are who you are. And I think it is very important to accept that and surround yourself with the people that are going to accept that as well. Yeah, um, another great piece of advice is those that mind don't matter and those that matter don't mind. So yeah. that's another one of my favorite pieces of advice. No, I love that. Um, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. It was so great talking to you. I feel like 
we touched on a lot of like really important things for our day and age and i'm excited for everyone to listen um can you tell everyone where they can find you on social media drop your at um we'll also have it in the show notes um so if you don't catch for the listeners if you guys don't catch exactly what her at is um, we will have it down below so definitely go follow her but give us give us the rundown of where we can find you sure then thanks so much for having me i had so much fun um, it's really great talking about all these topics, especially because this is not your typical over the over a drink or over dinner conversation. Yeah, <laughs> we really got into it. Um, but yeah, you can find me on Instagram at m a g g i e r i v a s s. It's just my name, Maggie, and then Revis, my last name with two s's at the end. So. Okay, (laughs) perfect. Yeah, everyone go follow her. Um, So that is the end of the podcast today. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, Me and Maddie will be back next Monday. Maddie also is sick right now, so send up your thoughts to her. She's struggling a little bit, but um, I'm just so glad that we could still record today with Maggie, and we will be back with more content. on our Monday post as usual. Um, So for now, stay happy, stay healthy, stay hookah, and we will see you guys in the next episode. Bye. Bye.